0: on this episode of Industry Relations, Rob and I try to make sense of the market. Let's go. This is Industry Relations, a podcast that's at the intersection of real estate and technology from an insider's perspective with Rob Hahn and Greg Robertson.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Industry Relations with Rob and Greg. This is your co-host, the Notorious ROB, and with me, as always, is the fabulous Greg Robertson.
0: (laughs) Hello Rob.
1: Dude, uh so in the pre-show as we're talking about this particular episode, um, you know, we, we we might need to do jazz hands and have like videos of puppies ready to go. Cause I think we want to talk about like macroeconomics, which oh, is man. uh yeah, like Doom Monger City, baby.
0: Doom <laughs> Dr. Doom.
1: We we gotta figure out how to
0: real rubini, where is he? You know, that, that, that's seriously, always you about that, that guy. Jesus.
1: Seriously. So uh, we're going to try our best because, you know, we're we're happy guys. We're optimistic guys, generally, even though people think I'm some sort of a giant doom monger. I'm actually very white-pilled. I'm very positive uh, about the future of uh, everything. It's just that the short-term future may be not so hot. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to try and keep it light-ish. Kind of? Sort of? Ish. Uh, but let's start. Let's just get going, man. What, uh, what are well,
0: you seeing? what what yeah. What's on your mind, Greg? Well, a couple, a couple interesting things to me. I i sat in, I don't know if you call it sat in, but uh, um, I don't know if they call the Twitter things, it's kind of like uh, you know, the talking Twitter, right? We, yeah,
1: had, the spaces, yeah, the spaces, space. right. yeah, yeah.
0: It was uh, our our buddy, uh, Tyler MD. Yeah talk yeah. about and talk about open door and like, yeah. you know, I was crash. Yeah. Like the, I missed the, that one. Because yeah. I was traveling, but yeah. The perfect storm. That's going on for those guys where, you know, all of a sudden, you know, rates go up. Houses are, are, are harder to kind of sell, but at the same time there's some appreciation as well. Um, and you know, I guess the argument was like, how can, how can they get out of this situation that this this really compact, amount of time made interest rates go from, you know, three to seven. Right. Right. And then can they, do they just get rid of all that inventory and then go and then, okay. And then they can do their model or what's that's going to cost is, you know, whatever. I mean, it's just, there's all these situations where everything's kind of, and again, we've talked about this before. It's like, how can we can't learn things? How can we, can how can we apply lessons from the past to help us make, not make the same mistakes again, when everything just gets so topsy turvy, right? Mm-hmm. How is how is unemployment so small? Mm-hmm. Interest, you know, and interest rates so high, and and at the same time, um, you know, the inflation is going out of control, right? I mean, these are just all these different things. It's just for for laymen or somebody like me that's just trying to keep make it up. It just, I stop. You have these notions of supply and demand. You have these notions of inflation. You have these notions of uh, of interest rates and and yep. and, and the Fed. And they just go all out the window with this, this economy. It's just so crap, you know, so crazy. I don't know what to, I don't know what to make of it. Right. Okay. And then the other thing is on a, on a kind of a personal or industry level, you just got to feel, you know, for all these kind of layoffs that are going on. Right. And a lot of good people out there. um, I kind of said something on, on Twitter uh, um, that, you know, how on face on Facebook, uh, you have this kind of crisis page where if there's a hurricane going on, yeah, 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 yeah. yourself is safe. I, I almost want their LinkedIn to have a thing where if there's a bunch of layoffs at your company, you can mark yourself as like still hired.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mark as of- safe from layoffs. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Right. So it's like you, you can find out for. I mean, I was texting friends that you know for, for different companies that I knew, like, hey, you still there? What's going on? Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, And you just say, you you hate to see people impacted that way, right? Yeah. Um, and you know and then what does that mean for our own businesses right for you know you have a business you know I have a business I'm working for a, a pretty yeah. large company now what what does that mean for ours yeah uh, it's hard to read the tea leaves now, man I just don't you know, help me, Rob help me read the tea
1: leaves oh my God you're asking me God damn it I so let's caveat this real quick right <laughs> I just I just look like an economist. I'm not an economist. Okay, that's I, I like what, to say that. What
0: an economist do you look like, Rob?
1: I used to look like Lawrence Shoon. I don't I don't look like him much anymore. Uh, <laughs> but I used to have the similar haircuts, you know, glasses. Uh, there was a time when I think I could have infiltrated the D.C. office of NAR, <laughs> 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 just walking up to security guard. Oh, you know, I forgot my pass today. Can you just let me in? You know, but uh, I don't think I can do that now. Um, so let's let's just keep that in mind, right? Um, I, you know, it's hard to make sense, but like I do a lot of presentations where I talk about kind of the housing market from my perspective, which is likely wrong, but whatever. It's my opinion. And one of the key themes that I've been stressing is the fact that we have not had a hot housing market. Everyone wants to say, you know, 2020, 2021, you know, uh, it was the craziest, hottest housing market we've ever seen. Uh, a lot of the folks who are talking about a housing crash think it's all about like homes are completely overvalued, right? I mean, that's what we've heard from a lot of folks, right? Um, I just don't think that's true, right? And I think I showed this graph once um, to you. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Uh, but, but, but fundamentally, I think my my position is that we have not had a hot housing market. We've just had dollar devaluation, Right. Um, and I'm going, and like I said, I've I've done this before. I'm gonna just pull up a quick slide from a recent presentation, so I could share it with everybody. Okay, um, how do I share? Let's see. Present slides. Slides. No. Sorry, I know this is like wonderful. Uh, I should have probably prepared this already. All right. There, let's get that out. All right, can you can you can you see this? So this is a slide that I, I I did some computation I don't earlier this year. I was like, holy crap, is this right? And I think it's right. So this basically when you plot the K Schiller price index to the US money supply, this is what we see. And my main point behind all of this is to say, look, this was a bubble. Because right? in other words, people want to say, 2022, we have this giant bubble. The bubble's going to burst. I'm like, we don't have a bubble because this was a bubble, right? When the price completely unmoored from money supply, right? Because of ninja loans, because of stupid shit that we did, you know, from 2000 to like 2006. Okay, bubble bursts. And then we have this dramatic fall in home prices. It goes under, like way under for a while, and then ever since 2011, 2012 or so, when we came out of that post-bubble collapse, I mean, remember like 2020, 2010, 2011, like, dude, it was not a fun time to be in real estate. We've pretty much tracked money supply. And boom, here's COVID. We print 40% of all US dollars in existence. Look at what home prices do. So my fundamental point behind this is we are, I just don't think we're in a housing bubble and we get rid of this, right? I just don't think we're in a housing bubble. I think we're in an everything bubble. We're like a money bubble. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that then makes everything kind of make sense because why do we have inflation? Because we have fucking so much goddamn money, right? Why is the labor market so low? Because people we've been paying people for two years to stay at home, right? And quite frankly, a, a lot of folks have given up looking for work. So the problem is you look at the unemployment rate and that requires looking at people who are filing for unemployment or, do you know what I mean? It's not, the real number is the labor force participation rate. And that's all to like 40-year lows or whatever, right? Um, so the labor market's not healthy. At the same time, because of inflation, real wages are down. And there's a, uh, in fact, let me share this screen. Sorry, I'm going to put this up because it's worth it. And people would like see me speak live uh, you know, they, they've they all seen this before, but whatever. And if you're just listening to us on audio, you know, you might want to hop over to YouTube and check it out. Can we get this on screen? Right? So the point is, like, look, in nominal terms, wages have been going up, right? But if you look at it as inflation-adjusted real terms, it's pretty flat, right? And recently, in the last year or so, last couple of years, because inflation has been so high, the latest uh, September stat I think it was 8.2, you know, way more than what people expected, like inflation. So September CPI print came in at point two. Hidden in that was the fact that September real wages are down month over month. And year over year, I think real wages are like minus 2%. So the average American is like making less money in real terms. Everything's going up, food, gas, you know, everything is just I through think- the roof. Housing is through the roof and we can get rid of this. Um... I think that's what's going on, right? So for us in the in the real estate industry, I think the big issue is the prevailing sort of conventional wisdom, I think, is that housing is overvalued, right? And even if you don't think housing is overvalued, you look at just 7% rates, incomes are flat or declining, everything's more expensive, people just don't have as much money to spend, so guess what? They're not going to buy homes, Right. Fire demand is like falling through the floor. Is the is the narrative, right? And the unfortunate thing I think for the industry is all of the housing stocks are just getting hammered. Oh, all brutal. of them, right? And you know, as 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 you know, I'm very long open door. I'm very very pro open door. I'm very bullish on it. And they're like at 2 dollars two fifty, something like that. I mean, it's, it's pretty brutal. Um, yeah. And I'm like, maybe I'll keep loading up. I don't know, because if, if you have faith in the company. The challenge is, as much as I want to load up, um, if they can't keep getting capital, then their business model does not work, right? Because the entire open-door iBuyer business model was applying capital to the problem of broken transactions, If they can't get capital, then it just doesn't work. People are focusing on like, well, they're losing money with every home sale. Like that's fine. You could lose money, right? It's a point that we've made before. We've debated about I buying and open door. I'm like, look, if you're a market maker, you don't make money on every single trade, right? You lose money on some trades. The idea is though, over the entire sort of portfolio of all the trades you do, you win more than you lose, right? So. In bizarre economic times, and I, and I think it's just weird to me, like how in the industry we just want to look at open door and be like it's broken and it's fundamentally flawed, blah blah. blah. I'm like, you know, there are there are market makers in nickel, right? In oil and gas, that lost their ass last year, this yeah. year, last year, right? And it's like, well, those are fundamentally broken. No, they're not. They're market makers. What happens sometimes? You know, those shit happens and you lose money, and other times shit happens and you make fortunes. Like it just. That's the nature of market making, um, but I, I think that's happening. So capital's dried up, and I think a lot of companies are just making decisions to say we need to we need to cut, right? So, I mean, Picasso just announced a big thirty percent layoff, and they're ha- they're healthy, they're a unicorn, you know, they're well funded. It's just they're doing the smart thing by saying, "Hey,
0: I think it's smart for for those guys." Because, you know, you hear 10% and you hear 20%. I think I think they did, it just said, screw it, 30, boom. Right. right. One and done instead of kind of a death by a thousand cuts. So I think right. that, that was a, a good move.
1: And um, I think a lot of folks are going to do that, right? I mean, you know.
0: Well, we uh, talked about this with Spencer, um, one of the last shows we did. And the problem is, is that, you know, with these depressed market conditions for all the real estate stocks, it doesn't give a lot of VCs and other investors. And there are a lot of confidence that, hey, maybe later on, you know, going public or anything else is 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 a good idea i mean you know here's the classic part in some sense gary keller looks like a genius for not going public right and Uh, we we all knew that i think a lot of it was just because his own you know there's a revolving door there and they they couldn't you know get the management right but i mean that may have been you know looking back like a, a a blessing in disguise because otherwise who knows what that IPO would have looked like, and, and who knows where that stock would be down now? I mean, I mean everybody's down. Remax is down. Anywhere is down. Compass is down. Obviously, yeah, everybody's yeah. down. Even
1: EXP is down, right? Yeah. But on the Gary Keller thing, it's like, no, I don't actually think that's that's a fair assessment because EXP is kicking their ass. Yeah. And a big part of the reason is because EXP has publicly traded stock so they can incentivize or, you know, they could do recruiting and retention to the stock thing. And again, whether we think that's a Ponzi scheme or not, that's immaterial. Like that's the thing that's leveled at EXP. Like it doesn't actually matter. It's working and they have 89,000 agents are growing. They're profitable, you know, like.
0: No, I mean, I think Glenn Glenn Stanford put out a tweet about the market cap they have now compared to some of the other things. And it, it reminded me of that, um, that famous Steve Jobs thing, where you know they had asked Michael Dell what to do with Apple back in the day when it was really struggling. They said, "Yeah, shut it down, sell it off, and give all everything back to the investors." And then yeah. his whole thing was like, "Well, today we reached a market cap where we were over Dell." Yeah. We just wanted to point that out, right? So it was it was, it was basically Stanford's kind of you know Steve Jobs moment to kind of put that tweet out.
1: Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know about that specific thing, but as a general thing though, what it does mean is because the overall market sentiment is so bearish. I mean, everyone's, here's how I look at it, right? I think three months ago, let's say four months ago, right? The concern was inflation. Right. Now I think the concern is economic
0: collapse. Well, I mean, I still think that the, the, the concern is inflation. I mean, the latest, what is it, CPI is that the right? Yeah, CPI. Yeah, was still it's still being very, very, very stubborn, right? Yeah, but
1: I mean, what I mean is that's not what most investors, that's not what the market's truly concerned about anymore. That's what you know, the Fed and policymakers and politicians are worried about is inflation, right? Because politicians tend to lose elections when there's high inflation, right? Right. So I think the market, though, what they're concerned is economic collapse. And there are a bunch of people who think this is a good thing. Like, let's be honest about it. Like, there are a number of analysts and a lot of bankers and, you know, fund managers who are like, oh, it's a wonderful thing. And this is, you see this most in crypto, right, where there are a lot of folks who are very long crypto, myself included, right, who really believe in the power of crypto and Bitcoin, all these things. But we're like, hey, you know what? Crash away because we need to wipe out like 90% of this just bullshit hype. Crap that's out there, right? And then whatever's left will be the true. Like this is really what's gonna, you know, deliver the value and take things in the future. I think there's a lot of that in the economy as well, right? A lot of companies probably need to go out of business because they're not providing any value, right? They're not actually creating any, you know, cool products or services, right? Um, now, having said that, for anyone's listening, because I do get asked this sometimes. Again, I'm not an economist. Right. You know, take it for what it's worth. But there are some analysts and economists that I do follow. And I think they're very, very good. And I think they're totally worth kind of following, reading, you know, checking out. And the two that really come to mind is Doomberg. Then Doomberg has a, a substack. Doomberg is D-O-O-M-B-E-R-G. Amazing. Great name. Phenomenal. Right. Um, and the other one is Force for the Trees, a gentleman by the name of Luke Groman. I, for me, those two guys have been the most sort of illuminating, enlightening. And uh, they're kind of, you know, do me right now because they have to be. But I think they're on something. So just want to point that out.
0: But I mean, you know, but people still, um, they get a promotion. They have to move. They have a divorce. They have to move. They have mm-hmm. a kid. They have to move. Yep. These are life events that happen that will still... Cause real estate to be transacted, right they absolutely lose, they got to move right so absolutely i mean it's and if you look at the you know I've always been and I don't know if you have this chart, but it's just like the the total sales you know going on I mean there's a big bump in, in two you know 2020 2021, but I mean you know five point five ish about right, and that's just kind of stay steady there so i mean so so, so I was just at an
1: event yesterday in uh in Nashville. You know, I uh, spoke at Benchmark Realty's uh, expo, and uh, Dan Duffy from United Realty was there, just pointing this out. That in the depth of the depression of the Great Recession, right, the housing market, the bubble burst, and you know, we re- you know the foreclosure crisis, all of that, right. In the worst year of that collapse, four and a half million homes were sold, right. Shit time. Right. Right. So at this exact time when everyone's like, oh my God, nobody's gonna buy houses, the market has collapsed, the bubble has burst, panicking, freaking out, like four million or whatever, like millions of homes are sold. Right. Because to your point, housing is like not one of those things. Right. And this is the point I like to make. Right. So in my private thing, and I tell everybody, look, I'm not an investment advisor, you know, go talk to your blah, blah, blah. Me, my personal philosophy around this is what do I want to invest in? I want to invest in stuff that the Fed can't print, right? It's land. Invest, so like it's gas, it's oil, it's gold, it's silver, it's real estate, right? Because you can't, you can't just, and it's not just the Fed, right? So I don't want to invest in NFTs, not because I don't see the value of collectibles. I totally get that, right? But it's not the stuff. It's not the sort of thing that computers can just create, right? Right. Facebook, you know, like. No, you actually have to do these things. These are physical. And I think, so if there's a larger theme here is, it's something I've been thinking about for a long time. I haven't written this. I need to really think about it. So this is a great spur, right? I think what we're seeing is we're seeing sort of a fantasy economy give way to what I like to call the reality economy, right? To give you an example, um, as horrible as it is, look at what's happening in Europe right now, right? Where Germany and, you know, whatever, France and all these like European countries, all of a sudden like, okay, because of Ukraine, you know, the Russian uh, pipelines issues, they don't have access to natural gas. And all of a sudden, like, okay, we need to subsidize our families. We need to whatever, to so help these people pay their bills. So they're going to print money. They'll do whatever, they, right? And I'm like, okay, that's cool. That doesn't j- create a single gallon of oil, right? Like, you need physical, like you need these things. Like you, if you don't put natural gas into your heater, you don't have heat. It doesn't matter how much money or NFT. You know it, that doesn't matter. Reality actually sort of reasserting itself, and I feel that way about just like the world right now. That we're moving away from, you know, a good thirty, maybe forty years of like, you know, financial manipulation and this prices and money markets and all this. To uh, actually, it turns out we need real things. Like we need like food. You know, that's real. You can't have virtual food. You need houses, you need real estate. You you know, the that whole conversation around the metaverse. Turns out, you know, you could buy whatever metaverse land you want. Uh, that doesn't do anything for you when it's raining. Like you need a roof over your head, um, or energy, right? Like you can't just can't just print that stuff. Like you actually have to make the stuff. So I think that's a big trend of what's happening which I think then means that we're about to go into some major shift, right? The Great Reset, maybe, you know, like that language, you know, maybe the Great Reset is we're resetting from world where it was all about money and the Fed and interest rates and this and that too. Actually, it's not about the money, the Fed. It's about how many chickens, you know, do you produce? How much wood? How much land? Like, you know, the housing, people are all worried about housing prices and blah, blah. I'm like, okay, are we building houses? Because, you know what? Like, you could snap your finger and say, whatever, we're going to make prices all this, that, and the other thing, affordability. Okay, cool. Do we actually have physical brick and mortar and wood that's already up? Right. And the answer is no. Okay, now what? Do you know what I mean, it's one of those like reality reasserting itself. I think that's a general theme.
0: Yeah. and And, and the other thing, though, is that, you know you know going back to kind of people employment and everything yeah you see a lot of people who are doing these either side hustles that become real hustles right where you know, yeah. real job where it's not even like they're creating things but they're just understanding the power of the internet and how to leverage that into a business and sure maybe creating things but like solving issues um being smarter about it um, you know just leveraging all that's out there before that I think that a lot of big businesses kind of understood, but now solo entrepreneurs are, are are kind of getting right. Sure. Um. And I I wonder, you know, with these employment rates that they they keep producing, and you're saying that there's the the other stat that's like the the total market of people, right?
1: But yeah, called? the workforce participation rate. Yeah. yeah. Right.
0: I mean, wh- how many of those people are just basically you know making butcher blocks and something on Etsy, right? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows about that stuff? I mean, so I mean, what do we what are we telling people here? What are we telling vendors? What are we telling uh, realtors? What are we telling MLSs and associations? I mean, what, 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 should, what should, I mean, what, how does this affect, I mean, what should be they looking out for? I mean, I have my own theories and how I,
1: would well, let's hear it. your theories. Cause my theories are pretty dark.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I started, you know, Dan and I started WNR studios in 2008. Right. I mean, we were, we had rented some, uh, I've tell the story before, um, some cubicles from an architect's office who was basically going out of business and would take any money you can get. And I, you know, we had our kind of radio on still, if you can believe that. And I remember when, uh, McCain was saying, well, we're going to, I'm going to shut down my campaign and go, we're going to go focus on the yep, economy. Yep,
1: yep, I remember it. that. Yeah. And
0: this is the great real estate financial crisis, right? I mean, and we're, we're two dumb shits excited about building a real estate software company. Right. So sure. Um, there is opportunity starting for the bottom. I don't know if we've hit the bottom here, but we're certainly at some some point here. I would encourage a lot of companies that, you know, they're going to cut or they're going to do anything else. I mean, now to me, the time could be to build where, you know, where when we come out of this, you are so, the investments you made during this downturn, when it turns, you're ready to go while everybody else is kind of caught flat-footed. Of course. This, This can be contrary to, you know, what a lot of, thing because you know a lot of these companies are are basically slaves to their investors as they should be right i mean their investors want some sort of return but you know there's also a long-term thinking about this Is like you know now is any time to kind of invest and double down on things instead of you know cut 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 right i mean there's a mm-hmm. lot to be done here right and I, I don't know what companies are kind of taking that strategy i think most people are going to cut expenses and do that but i mean i would say this is might be a great time to start a business. It might be a great time to double down on your business.
1: I completely agree. But I also wonder because I wonder about this myself, man, because you know, let's get like personal about this, right? You know, my business, I do consulting, right? I tell business what to do. Um I like to think I'm adding value, but you know what I'm not doing? I'm not producing chickens. Right? I'm not building houses. Right. Um and so if we we're in this great reset where it's no longer about you know, sort of the, well, I, I don't I don't want to use the word fantasy because it's not really what it is. It's like nominal maybe or monetary right? value versus like real value, right? If we're in that great reset, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You know, I might have to go learn how to be a farmer, right? So that is one thing to consider. So from a vendor standpoint, I think the question is, okay, as a vendor, your technology or your product, your service, whatever it is, is it part of the real economy or is it part of the sort of the monetary economy? I think that'll be the first question I would ask, if that makes sense, right? So if you think about prop tech, right? And this is something I saw a little bit at Blueprint, you know, that event I went to. If the prop tech is we're a CRM platform so that real estate agents can stay in touch with their sphere more effectively, right? Okay, is that that entire value chain is that creating a single like house? If the answer is no, I would be like, I'd be real worried. I'm not saying there's no value. I'm saying I'd be concerned. I would have to take another look at what is the value chain, what is the true value creation blah 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 versus there's prop tech that I saw a lot of that were building tech right They were like, you know we have this new thing that's going to cut your whatever, uh, materials usage by 30%. Like, to me, that's part of a valuation that creates a, a a physical product. Do you know what I mean? Those are thoughts that I'm having, man. Because let's put it this way. One of the things that maybe you and I need to talk about at some point, but I wrote a post about this. We have 1.6 million realtors in the country, right? We probably only need about 300,000 realtors. If we have 1.3 million additional construction workers, as a whole economy, society, we've been a much better place, right? If we had a million realtors leave realtors being buying and selling real estate and go into building, do you know? Like that's the real economy. That's We're going that. to right? right. That's the kind of way to think about it, right? So I don't know what that means for uh, industry. standpoint. We might have a great reset in the industry where a lot of these uh, companies that have you know like leveraged the internet and uh, the internet was like the ultimate not fantasy, again, that's not the right word, information, you know, it's just bits, bits, and bytes. And it's like, we're entering this area where bits and bytes don't matter anymore, as much as molecules and physical, like real stuff, right? Now, we're blessed in the sense that we work in industry that is the ultimate real stuff, right? Land, buildings, like, that's not going away it's just our role in that might have to really shift and change and that's something we don't we're, we're going to figure out i think in the next couple of years because this market is kind of really demanding that
0: yeah know? and wasn't it that like gary keller was telling at the last mega event or whatever they call the damn things um, that realtors should look at becoming financial advisors right he was he was saying that you know there has to be yep. some sort of pivot now that's not making something but that is recognizing um and that's, you know, I've always thought, you know, it's, it's always a vendor kind of uh, um, conceit, like that. They always say to themselves, you know, because of the tools or everything they say, like, Oh God, if I was a realtor, I would kill it. Mm-hmm. These guys, you know, that I mostly that I work with, I mean, they're not using technology. They're not doing whatever, but you know, and I have this conceit also where I, I would say to myself, if I was going to be in that business, I'd want to be like you know, the wolf man in, 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 uh, in Pulp Fiction, like you're going to call Greg to, if you need something done, right. If right. right. household sold he's going to help, help you sell it. If you need to kind of, <laughs> who's the best, uh, car detailer, Yeah. Greg knows, right. I need right. seats at this. Yeah. I'm going to call Greg. I want to be, that's the guy I would position myself to be Yeah. like where, yeah. or, or anything that needs to be done or any recommendation or any kind of, you know, that's who I would the, like the fixer. Yeah, the fixture in a sense, totally right. You know, and show up and get it done and like you know, and that just builds your rep yeah. from that kind of thing. That's yeah. that's how I would approach being a real estate agent. I mean, so, be- yeah,
1: look, and again, I don't. I'm not saying like I think real estate agents provide enormous value, right? They really do because the amount of money, the the commitment that you're making as a buyer or the amount of money as a seller, it's such a big, important thing. It really is very similar to like what an investment banker does for a company. I mean, you went through this because you sold your company. Investment bankers provide, they provide service that's really valuable, right? So I don't think anything's gonna happen with that. The thing to think about in that front is we've had, what, 10 years, 20 years of various tech vendors making life just simply easier for real estate agents much more efficient, you know? So we're at a point where the number of homes that are sold is kind of fixed, and it's a macroeconomic thing. So if, let's say, next year, 2023, everyone's expecting twenty-three, to be this bloodbath because mortgage rates are going to be north of 8%, no one's going to have any money, blah, blah, blah. Okay, we're probably going to still sell 4 million homes, right? Right. But the point is, I recently brought this up, I know agent teams like really high producing teams where they say, if you want to be on my team, you have to do two transactions a month, right? So if you look at it, if the average, and and they have no problems doing two transactions because all the technology and the CRM and you know the products that you create, the CMA tools, like all of it, they could very easily do two transactions, right? In fact, they could probably do four a month and it's not going to be like this, I'm working 80 hours a week to do four transactions because the technology makes that possible. All right. If we, if the average realtor did twenty four, we only need five hundred thousand realtors in this country. Right. If they did forty eight, we only need two hundred fifty thousand. Right. And the problem for the industry is that so much of the structure, the compensation, the SaaS, everything is built on headcount. And my concern, and I think this is the shift that we're seeing, if we are moving more towards a reality-based economy, right yes, we work in a reality-based industry because land, real estate, housing, these things are not NFTs. They're not cruise line vacations. You know what I mean? They're, they're they're like things that people absolutely have to have. So it's not that the agents are going away. It's that we may not need as many agents and that then completely changes the financial structure of the entire industry. So if I'm an investor, I'm a VC, I'm looking at, I want to invest in this company, I think the question I have to ask is: Can this company survive and be successful with two hundred fifty thousand agents? Right? Can they? And a lot of SaaS models will not.
0: Right. Yeah, SaaS yeah. especially, right? Because the TAM there is just nothing. Exactly, and I think that's
1: kind of what we're seeing. The brokerages, I think they're they're getting hammered because can can really can anywhere survive if if we're down to 250,000 agents? Do you know what I mean? I don't know because you and I both know that the way the compensation structure works in the industry, the fewer agents you have, the worse off you are as a broker, as a franchise, as whatever, right? Uh, Can Open Door survive with 250,000 agents? Of course it can, right? Can Zillow survive with 250,000 agents? Maybe. Right? It depends on what happens to buy side compensation. That's a whole different conversation I've had a number of times. I think it's that sort of thinking, man. And I think that's what's happening to kind of the market as things stand right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it, it and it, but it's still, it's still a seller's market, right? That's a lot of the indicators say that there's it still is. There's still, a, <laughs> there's still a, a, a supply demand, right? And this is what I was saying before. Yeah. It's so wacky. We yeah. talk about this stuff, but it's still a seller's market. Yeah. Still the prices are appreciating.
1: The it, bizarrest thing. And here's why, yeah. because I think we're looking at it wrong, right? So the transactions are way down, right? Pendings are down, Inventory's way up. Prices are still up, like 14%, 20%. Again, I just spoke in Nashville. Nashville, they're still up 20% year over year. Crazy. Right? Price. Now, the number of transactions, pendings, all of that way down.
0: You right. think that people are just—they think they're gonna—they're—it's—it's it's becoming clear. Or, and I, I'm not even sure if I believe this. That, you know, they're just the, the buyers are waiting because okay, it's coming. They're gonna have to—the prices are gonna have to come down because these interest rates are going up. I
1: mean, I think that's what they're thinking. You know, yeah, I think that everyone—everyone's yeah. thinking that. The issue, and I think there's some logic to it because, like I said, my whole theory is we did not have home prices go up. That's my whole theory, right? From. Two thousand eleven to now, we did not have home prices go up. What we had was money printing. Yeah. Right. So if that's the case, then you know, there is a chunk of the population, let's say the top twenty percent or so, who benefited immensely from the money printing. Bankers, you know, lawyers, you know, some like people like me, right? We benefited immensely from the money printing. Okay. Those people are going to then say, Fine, I'll pay more because I need to live somewhere. Right. And if the option is keep paying rent, because rent's going up too, that's the other thing. It's not like home buyers are like going away, and you know, and they're like, oh, okay, well, rent is falling too. It's like there's some sign of that. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't get it either, man. I don't get it either. Uh, there are some explanations for it, and none of them are pleasant. Let's just put it that way. None of them are even politically correct to say, right? So we'll see. I think we're going to get past this. I think we're probably going to have a bloodbath. I think we're going to have a washout in real estate, just the way we're going to have it in the overall economy, in crypto, and all this stuff. Like the malinvestment, I think it's all going to wash out, right? Um, I I would be really concerned about you know let let's say I had a company and my entire business was we help real estate agents with the social media profiles. I don't know if that has real viability. If we are shifting from this you know bits digital economy to a real economy right but if it was more like uh i don't know like printing yard signs that might still be because like, you're producing an actual physical product that is actually used you know just as an example maybe um like the trades i don't think the trades are impacted like if you're a plumber electrician home inspector even like anything like that because again that's like real stuff real physical stuff um uh, I mean, if, from a services standpoint, Sonny and I right now having our outdoor like yard done, like landscaping, right? Those guys are providing services, but you right. know what? It's real services, right? Like they're literally planting trees in our yard because I don't want to have to go plant a tree. It's that sort of thing. I
0: thought you could going to become a farmer. You're going to have to learn to do I, that.
1: I might have to at this current rate, you know, or pick up some useful goddamn skill, you know? I, I would end up having to be like a gunsmith.
0: <laughs> oh, right up your alley for sure. Um, so that yeah. I think that's What, what do you think? You think so? Shit show two thousand twenty three. I think so. Is, is there anything any any bright light in two thousand twenty four?
1: I think there's a potential for bright light twenty twenty three. And here's what I mean by that: if we are shifting to this real economy situation, um, there's a the United States we're we're in the best position, right? There, uh, there's a guy, uh, Peter Zihan, it's, it's a really interesting guy, and he recently wrote a book called uh, "The End of the World Is Just the Beginning." Excuse me. And the main thesis behind this book is the world, the entire world, is going to hell in a handbasket. But the United States is in the best, best possible position for a lot of reasons. So the U.S. will be fine. Everyone else will be screwed. If you read people like Doomberg, One of the things they point out is. United States has so much energy, and the rest of the world doesn't. So we're going to be okay. Um, so it's possible that we see a pivot from the Fed. In other words, at some point, economic collapse will become so obvious that the Fed will go, "Oh crap, we we went too far. We need to start cutting rates. We need to start, you know, QE again." Um, except that. The next round of QE, the next round of that might be instead of investing in like banks and financial services and internet companies, we're going to invest that into factories, farms, oil wells, you know, real estate. Do you know what I mean? Like the companies and industries that produce real stuff.
0: Yeah, kind of a new deal. Kind of. Yeah. I could see that
1: happening. And if that happens quickly, then 2023 might not be bad. Right, so, as give you a little light pill, you know like the the Senate uh the Congress recently passed a rule, uh, a new thing where they're trying to onshore chip manufacturing, right, right. So we had offshored it, right? So Intel is building giant factories in I think like Ohio, Texas, whatever, right? I mean a it's, lot
0: of- csMC is just taking over the whole thing, so and that's one, which is correct. Always very, very correct. Yeah. Correct. So
1: they're they're already like, okay, you know what? We need to incentivize factories. Like we need to incentivize factories here. We know that a lot of companies are gonna start doing do the same thing. Auto manufacturing, a lot of these industrial companies, a lot of them are gonna bring stuff here. Oil and gas is right now a political issue because the Democrats hate oil and gas. But on the flip side, it means Republicans love oil and gas. So if there's a switch, if there's a change in government, it's not that difficult for politicians to go we're going to encourage oil and gas development, right? So investment might flow into things like that or solar power or whatever, right? Mining. In other words, like the stuff that we all have completely taken for granted for 30, 40 years. Like we never, we just, as regular people, we don't think about farms. We just don't, right? When we think food, we think grocery store and you walk in and it's all right there. We don't think about where does this food come from. Now we're thinking about it more. So if we see something like that, man, I think actually 2023 could end up being way better than we think, right?
0: Yeah, I think chip manufacturing for sure. Geez, that's we we've already seen what what by right? letting that go to some other country. That's a
1: right or or anything. I mean, literally. Like, remember during COVID, we were having problems because all of the masks were being made in China. Somebody's right. gonna go. I'm gonna make a ma- mask factory in North Carolina. Now, it's going to be more expensive in, in dollar terms because we printed all kinds of dollars. But that what that could end up meaning, what could that could end up with is real wages actually start growing, right? So yes, shit is more expensive, but, you know, we're not spending money on fake shit. Now we're, now we're like spending money on food, energy, you know, real things. So if that's the case, then housing could end up really benefiting.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know...
1: So we might bounce back really fast.
0: May, maybe we just go back to we, back to building things, actual things, actual... Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, it would be nice. Wouldn't that be nice?
1: So I, I think there's some reason for hope, but in the short term, right now in the current trajectory, things are going to get really bad for a while. I think... And I think a lot of folks believe that 23, 24 might be like really sharp recessions. It could be depression, right? The money could collapse. The dollar system collapse. All kinds of shit. Could, hell, man, none of this might matter because w- there might be a nuclear war and we'll all be, you know, oh, yeah, thank, living yeah. through I was, uh, fallout. I was
0: counting the minutes when you gonna say nuclear war. So,
1: well, do you know what I mean?
0: Like 45, I think if we hit it
1: here. 45. Uh, so who knows? All I'm saying is like we don't know, but assuming none of those like crazy ass end of the world shit happens, then there's some reason for hope. But I would say batten down the hatches, and that seems to be the way to go there's going to be a washout. There's going to be a reset because we need to know which companies, which people who are delivering real value to the real economy, as opposed to, you know, sort of the money printing fueled value creation, you know, for bits and, you know, bytes and pixels.
0: Well, I would say I, I just, was- you know, kind of, kind of wrapping up is my message would be, you know, Zig when everybody else is zagging. I mean, sure. Instead of uh, you know, laying off people, hire people and, you know, heads down, make it, you know, make things better. So you're ready for that, that, that when we get out of this, right. I mean, not, not, you know, play offensively, not defensively. Um, think about those things that goes to vendors that goes to brokerages and, you know, multiple listing services, whoever, right. I mean, right, right. you know, it, 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 just because you hear everybody else is doing this doesn't mean that that's your, you know, look at, look, a lot of these guys are, are kind of like, you know, it's a built-in membership anyway, that, that, that revenue is going to go up and down either way. Every, you know, when I was at CMLS, I was asking people, MLS is like, where do you think the membership's going to go next year? Yeah. Most of them are saying about the same, right? I don't think that those, I don't think, and I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, you're kind of like, give me a scoochy face there, but, um, it's going to take a while for these macro things to hit. If they hit, I think agent count. And we'll, we'll, I think they're already hitting. Well, it's 1.6 was just something they, they announced like last year. It was just up, up, up. It's crazy. So,
1: I know. What I mean is I heard, again, I'm just relaying stories I heard at that event. Uh, there was uh, one of the speakers talking a story. I was talking to a, an agent in San Diego who said last year in 2021, I did 20 transactions, which in San Diego, as you can imagine, is, you know, I mean, that's probably 20, 30 million in volume, right? Yeah. This year, He's done three. Yeah. Ouch. How long is he going to stick around the business?
0: Right. And the newbies that are coming in now, like how are <laughs> I nobody? Uh, I mean, even the, even when there's been a matter they've never been, witnessed a market like this. They have correct. no idea to, to deal with this kind of market.
1: For correct. Sure. So I don't know if 1.6 is reasonable next year. You know, I mean, I would think it's going to decline.
0: Right? What do you think it's going to decline? I'm going to write this down here. Oh, God, I don't know, man.
1: Um, Let's just say 20%. Okay. But I think that seems like a reasonable thing. And then probably the year after, a little bit more.
0: Right. I mean, if if we, (coughs) I know this information's out there, but I, I wonder how, what historically has it ever gone down in our membership? Yeah, you know, I actually have this. But I know yeah. it's been rocketing since like the late 90s or something, right? Uh, I actually have this for you. Uh, wh-
1: why do I have it? I don't know, but I have it. So let's see. Realtor members, realtor members, realtor members. Okay. Uh, Hold on. I have a better one. Oh, God damn it. It it did go down um, historically. All right. So let me share this. And I know the people who are just listening, uh, they love it when I do this. But, uh, you know. So this is realtor member count from 1975 on versus home sales. Okay. So we see uh I mean it's pretty consistently up but there was a big drop from 80 to 81 right it's 761 is
0: 695 okay
1: yeah and then you know sort of dropped to 82 and then starts growing back going back up in 83 well wow, 87
0: 806,000. six thousand eighty88 was eight hundred eight thousand
1: yep yeah and the 822 810 and then down in 1991 because there was a little recession in 90 right
0: seven seven twenty nine seven nineteen in right. nineteen ninety five yep, so these are and like then, swings of like twenty two seventeen four
1: yeah, these are all recessions, and then two thousand hits, right these are the bubble years, right, right, so, so it went from eight hundred thousand in two thousand one to over one point three million in two thousand seven because of the bubble right, and then it dropped in two thousand eight right. To 1.1, it keeps going down to 2012, where it was below a million, and then it starts climbing back up in 2013. Right.
0: So there so, has been some fluctuation. Okay.
1: There, there's there's a decent amount, um, but, you know. Yeah.
0: yeah. So somewhere, you know, with your 20%, that's kind of bringing down like a one2
1: 1.2, 1.3 ish. Yeah. Okay. I think 23, that seems reasonable. It could be way worse depending on what happens to the economy right so we'll see we'll see yeah real happy man real uh come on man leave 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 us with something happy something positive my positive was look short-term pain but in the long run we're going to be great because real estate and housing are not nfts are not luxury handbags they're not cruise lines these are necessary things people will be buying and selling houses they'll be renting it's going to happen and we just going kind to of wash out some of the, some of the companies and people who probably shouldn't be here.
0: You know, yeah, I, I would say you know for me, it's persistence. That's that's a common theme in my career. Yep. Yep. Is I just show up and I work. And yep. you know, this is going to be a tough time, sure. But just if you're persistent, and you keep at it, and you're going to outlast everything. You're going to have even more experience than you had before, in a totally different marketing. It's going to make you a better realtor, it'll make you a better executive, and make you a better Completely. vendor. So just, just don't quit. I mean, I have this thing on my, um, my monitor I keep here, right? And it's, you know, the first thing on here is really basically don't quit. Mm-hmm. The second thing is focus on your own work. Right, right. The other one is create your own lane. I mean, find what you're good at and, 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 and excel at and do that. Yep. And then build your own tribe. I love the tribe I have with, you know, you and the rest of the organized real estate industry yep. and that we can chat and talk and do those things. Yep. And then the last thing is, and this is the hardest thing to do, is let the market take care of the rest. Right? Yeah, yeah. All those first four things, I think you're gold.
1: I'm completely in agreement.
0: So let's do that. Tribe mate. All, all right, keep <laughs> Uh
1: Keep your head up, everybody. Uh, HODL, and uh, we're all going to make it. So, you know. Absolutely. Foc- like Greg said, focus on what you can control and let everything else just be what it is, yep. but yep. keep listening to us because, you know, we're we're gonna we're going to give you a little bit of doom and then a little bit of uh, upside and like light at the end of the tunnel.
0: A lot more le- a lot more upside,
1: yeah. We're optimistic white pilled people at the end of the day. Cool. all right. thanks, everybody. And uh, thanks, Greg. We'll talk next time, man. Thanks.